He broke the power of death. He broke the power of death. Who's afraid of death? Not a Christian. Shouldn't be afraid of death. Paul said to live is Christ, to die is gain. He can't scare me with death. I love Jesus. He defeated death. Can't scare me. The only thing I fear is God himself. And he illuminated. He made it clear the way to life and immortality. <laughs> immortality. Immortality. Through the good news. Who wants to live forever? Is your hand up? Okay. Jesus is the way. Hello and welcome to the Love Key Church podcast, where we share our church's message of the week. My name is Heinz Winkler, and together with my wife, children, and our leadership team, we host Love Key Church here in Somerset West, online, and on this podcast. It is our mission to help you to encounter God, align with His purposes, reign in life, and help others to do the same. We trust that you will find this message empowering, encouraging, and inspiring. Please share it with your friends and family and write a review for us. And a huge thank you goes out to those who have already done so. May you be thoroughly blessed as you listen to this message. So we have quite a few new people here today. You're very, very welcome. And it's great to have you here. Uh, just to catch everyone up a little bit, we are busy with a series about foundations. The foundational things that we believe as believers about God and we started talking about repentance, and we started, and we we came into salvation, and we are t- still talking about salvation. Just as I think, you know, God, God is so amazing. I think I can fit one foundation in one Sunday, and it's it's just it's not possible. <laughs> uh, so we're on a journey together as God is leading us, and um, it's my honor and privilege to to be doing this with you. And uh, it's important for us to, to frame this. I framed it really detailed a few weeks ago. I framed it again last week. So if you want the detailed stuff, please go and listen to the podcast or watch the video. But just in short again, we need to know that there's a constant battle for our souls raging in the unseen realm. We have to know this. We have to recognize this. God wants all his children to turn to him. And his free gift of salvation is available to all. This is also very important to know. He wants everyone to be saved. It's very clear from Scripture. But each of us needs to actually choose to either follow him or not. And that choice determines where and how we will spend eternity. Do you guys agree? Good, because it's the truth. (laughs) We want to make sure... All of our foundational beliefs are solid and sure and founded in the Word of God. I want to take you to a scripture today that, that in a big way is why I'm doing the foundations. And it's also a confirmation from the scripture why these foundations are so important. Now you'll see the list from this is not exactly the same as ours, but you'll see some similarities that I think are important. Please go to Hebrews 6 from verse 1 to 2. It says, therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ. In other words, the basic principles of Christ. Let us go on to perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God and the doctrine of baptisms and the laying on of hands of the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. Let us not lay those foundations again. So what is he saying? These should be normal. 
Amen? You're like, if you haven't raised someone from the dead, you're still busy with milk. And I want you to get to the meat, the perfection. <laughs> Yo, come on. He's challenging us. Amen? So, but we also see the importance of having these foundations solid so that we can move on to his words, perfection. A couple of weeks ago, I had a sermon on holiness. The sermon was called Holy Shift. Because that was, that's what needs to happen. We need to shift how we think about holiness. Because the word is very clear that we are called into holiness. We are called into perfection. But he, the, this writer is saying, guys, we didn't, I don't want to lay these foundations again. They should be solid. And we should be moving on. All right? But I know from experience that we are probably going to have a foundations course at the beginning of every year. For the new people. And then the old people who know the foundations will help us teach it. Amen? Okay, you just agreed. Thank you very much. <laughs> so quickly again, the foundations that we are doing, and you'll see the, the, um, the ones that are the same as Hebrews, is repentance, salvation. We are finishing off salvation today. Not that I think it's an exhaustive subject at all, uh, but we, I'm going to try to finish it today, and then we're going to move on to faith, which is the next one. Out of faith, we're going to look at lordship and obedience, and then the baptism with water, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and spiritual family or local church, and then discipleship. Why are we going to do this? Because we want all of us, we want all of you to be in a place where your identity in Christ is sure and solid. Because when your identity is sure and solid, then your marriage will be better. Because you will love from a place of knowing who you are. You will love well. We, will, we want to make sure that your parenting is rooted in the Word that you are loving your community and that you are living out the purpose that God has for you. Amen? Can you all get excited about that? Wow, that was kind of sad. All right. <laughs> Can we all get excited about that? Yes. Come on. Having foundations are ex is exciting, man. Come on. All right. <laughs> Today I want to talk to you about a few things coming out of the scriptures we have left, but the, the main one is the question of immortality. We, I, I remember from growing up, there were, there were quite a few, and there's been many more. There's, there's quite a fascination in Hollywood about vampires and zombies. And there was this, I don't know, some of you all remember the Highlander movie, um, There Can Only Be One. Uh, the, and the, the song is is where my title for today comes from, Who Wants to Live Forever? Um, but we have to ask ourselves, why is the world fascinated by these fantasies about this idea of living forever or being undead but moving? <laughs> what, you know, it's like weird concepts. And, and always there's blood involved, right? They, they, it's, what I'm seeing is that the, the enemy is trying to counterfeit the meaning and the importance of blood by using it in these ways, in, in these kinds of movies, and you are so bombarded by these things. I mean, there's even on Disney Junior, a story about a vampire girl. Hello. What is that about? Anyway, I'm shocked. Apparently, you're not. So, uh, <laughs> very tough. So, the vampires, they live on blood. Zombies get some kind of virus in their blood. And the Highlanders guys are born that way. That's like normally the storylines. And it's in their blood from birth. 
and then they try to be the only one that's left. For some reason, they have to do this. <laughs> and the story always shows how the good, the bad, and the ugly of being immortal. Um, there's also the other thing that kind of ties in with this, if you look at books and movies and things people talk about a lot, is the whole idea of the fountain of youth. There's even a, you know, movies made about it, stories about it. Um, but we see it in our world. You, you know, the idea of I want to look young, as young as I can for as long as I can. And all the ladies say, <laughs> the whole anti-aging business is a multi-billion dollar industry worldwide. What's behind it? I want to look young and beautiful and desirable. For what? Forever. <laughs> but what is the real thing behind that? And why is this thing being driven? Why is it being driven? In more realistic terms, many people know that they will die one day. Most of us realize that by now, you know. They say, statistics say that 100% of all people will die. <laughs> and most of us realize that. But they desperately want to be remembered for who they were and what they did in life. I think most of us, if we were asked, would you like to be remembered? Would you like to leave kind of, some kind of legacy? We would say yes, right? Two of you, Okay. They want their memory to live on forever. That's why we have statues, we have buildings, we have roads named after people that keep changing in this country. Uh, people want to leave money. They, they want to they have a trust fund left to their children, whatever it might be. They want people to say nice things about them on the, the day of their death, of the day of their um, funeral. And it's also the thing of, I want to be immortal even if I can't be immortal, right? Do you guys see that? There's this thing of, I want to live forever. Queen wrote a song for the movie Highlander. It was a huge hit back in the day. And um, I actually went to read the lyrics. Because I, you know, I just know that part. Who wants to live forever? It's like very dramatic and, you know, it's got, it's a huge song. And, but I wanted to go listen to the lyrics and see what, what he's, what is he actually trying to say with a song and how does it tie in with a movie because I know from the movie, the immortality part was almost like a curse. Because these, these guys would, you know, be born. They realize at some point, listen, I, I'm, I'm staying alive, staying alive. <laughs> and uh, and th they would fall in love and, and have children. And the woman would get old and he would stay young. Like, how unfair is that to the poor woman? Um, and then he would experience death so much. He would lose so many people that, and then eventually... As they go on in centuries, you know, they, they don't want to let people in anymore. And it's also, you know, in a way, these stories are always trying to tell us something. And, yeah, anyway, so I don't want to focus on that too much. But the, the lyrics of the song says, there's no time for us. There's no place for us. What is this thing that builds our dreams yet slips away from us? Who wants to live forever? Who wants to live forever? Ooh, that's part of the lyrics. There's no chance for us. It's all decided for us. This world has only one sweet moment set aside for us. Who wants to live forever, blah, blah, blah. Then he says, who dares to love forever when love must die? Now listen to this. But touch my tears with your lips and touch my world with your fingertips and we can have forever and we can have love. We can love forever. Forever is our today. Who wants to live forever? So there's obviously a few ways you can look at the song, but what I'm hearing is someone who thinks um, is in a fatalistic way. 
Like things are just going to happen the way it's going to happen. There's nothing I can do about it. Um, I definitely don't want to live forever because love doesn't live forever. This does. But you and I, we can have a romantic love moment that feels like forever today. Does that sound right to you? That's kind of what I'm getting from the song. The song focuses more on the author's belief that love cannot last forever. The trap of immortality uh, would it have been possible. But it also shows the heart of man. The selfish momentary satisfaction is more important than the things that have eternal value. And right, the, right here, there's this massive difference between the world's view on eternity and the biblical view on eternity. We can work as hard as we want to on gathering earthly treasures, but the only ones that have eternal value are what we did for Jesus and the relationships we have on earth with other people. Amen? Amen. Good. Some of you are like, I don't know about that. But. No one on their deathbed wishes they had made more money, bought another car, bought another building. They realize mainly that they should have spent more time with their loved ones. And if they don't know where they're going, there's real fear there. How do we want to live? How do we want to live? There's different ways to ask the, the question of the title today. It could be asked like Queen, man, who wants to live forever? It sucks because there's no way love can last forever. That's his belief. <laughs> I thought out all these little scenes that could be funny, but I don't know if I can pull it off today. I, I, had, I imagine this one where there's this cheerleader at a, at a big game and there's like this disinterested crowd and she's going, who wants to live forever? <laughs> Weird. <laughs> or if you're, driving, if you're driving in Durban and there's this Indian guy on the side of the road going, do you want to live forever? <laughs> if you pay now, I can make it longer. Anyway, I had fun with it. And then, of course, there's the Russian guy who no one wants to say no to him, you know. Do you want to live forever? <laughs> say duh. <laughs> I miss being on a stage, guys. I have to get it out somewhere. All right. <laughs> but today, in this context, obviously, it's a way more serious question. Who wants to live forever. Because we've seen our foundation series so far, we have one big decision to make here on earth that affects where and how we spend eternity. So we can also ask it this way. Who wants to live forever? Who wants to die forever? That's, that's what's put before us. It puts a bit of a damper on it, doesn't it? <laughs> But those are the choices. And choosing to live forever is, is not easy. It's hard. But it's the way that leads to life. I want to remind us of this scripture from Matthew 7, verse 30, from verse 13. It says, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction or death. Who wants to die forever? And those who enter it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. I don't know about you, but I want to be one of those who find that way. I'm going to give you a very strange quote that you never thought you'd hear from a pulpit. 
from a guy called Alice Cooper. Who remembers him? This guy is actually a Christian. I was very surprised to find out. It's okay, I'll educate you later. Uh, no, he's a big rocker from the 80s and the 90s. He, his, his quote says, Drinking beer is easy. Trashing your hotel room is easy. But being a Christian, that's a tough call. That's real rebellion. <laughs> Think about that. That's a great quote right there. Because when you choose Jesus, you go against the whole world and the whole system. And Jesus was considered a rebel in his day because he took on the Pharisees, the guys who were the leaders who knew everything. And he was a rebel to the Romans and he was a, he was a rebel to other people. Are you ready to be a rebel for Jesus? Because it comes with consequences that are difficult. Believe me. <laughs> And today we will see from Scripture two important things with regards to salvation. Because we're still talking about salvation, guys. That through salvation, heaven becomes our heritage. Heaven is our heritage. And we will live forever with God in heaven. And we will get a deeper understanding of what the power of the blood of Jesus actually is. Those are the two main things I want to get to today. That there is this opportunity to have heaven as our heritage. And, and to see how strong the power of the blood of Jesus actually is when we enter into salvation. Are you ready? Yes. Are you ready? Yes. Come on, church. Yes. So we're going to jump right into this. Um, salvation was God's plan from the start. And He broke the power of death and showed us the way to live life to the full. Anyone afraid of death? Yes, that is a trick question in this place. Do you feel alive right now? Like, I feel like I'm thriving, not just surviving. As a child of God, we need to know that Jesus is our salvation. Remember we saw it in His very name. Yeshua means the Lord of our salvation. I want to read to you 2 Timothy 1, verse 9 to 11 from the New Living Translation. For God saved us and called us to live the lives we want to live. Compromise every day. He called us to live a holy life. Called us to live a holy... I want you to imagine him standing there going, Hey, come here. Come live a holy life. Right? He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from before the beginning of time. To show us his grace through Christ Jesus and now he has made all of this plan to us, to plain, sorry, he's made all of this plain to us by the appearing of Christ Jesus the Savior. He broke the power of death and illum illuminated the way to life and immortality through the good news. And none of you are excited about it. My word. I feel like I need to read this again. For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was His plan from before the beginning of time. Let that blow your mind for a moment. To show us what? His grace through Jesus. And now He has made all of this what? Plain. What is plain? Clear. Obvious. It should be obvious. By the appearing of Christ Jesus our Savior. Can you imagine God doing all of this and His people not getting it? 
if he was a teenager, he would go, duh. <laughs> like, how do you not get this? He broke the power of death. He broke the power of death. Who's afraid of death? Not a Christian. Shouldn't be afraid of death. Paul said to live as Christ, to die is gain. He can't scare me with death. I love Jesus. He defeated death. Can't scare me. The only thing I fear is God himself. And he illuminated, he made it clear, the way to life and immortality. <laughs> immortality. Immortality. Through the good news. I don't think you've read this yet. Let me read it again. I don't think you get it. I don't think you get it. He broke the power of death and illuminated. Imagine this massive flashlight showing the way. And Jesus is the way. He illuminated the way to life and immortality. Who wants to live forever? Is your hand up? Okay. Jesus is the way. You still don't get it. Okay. No, but seriously, I really think you don't get it. Because this changes everything. Man. Okay. Philippians 1.21. For me to live is, is Christ and to die is gain. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Are we living with a heaven perspective? It's easy to sit here and say yes and amen, the three of you that do. But what are you doing tomorrow? How do, you, how do you speak to your children about safety at home? How do you speak to people about the situation in our nation? What's the first words that come out of your mouth? Are they negative? Are they supporting the narrative of the world? Or are we supporting the narrative of heaven? The Bible says we are seated in heavenly places. Amen. My wife and I were listening to this great speaker the other day. He said, I'm a Christian first before I'm an American and before I'm a Greek. He was American and Greek. So we need to tell ourselves, if I am born again, if I, am, if I have repented and stepped into salvation, we need to know that the culture I grew up in is not number one. The culture of heaven that I'm now in is number one. Amen? Because that is where we are seated Jesus said, we are not from this world, we are in this world. But we are not from it. So we have a time here that we have to do what we have to do, but we are going somewhere. Do you know where you are going? And are you excited about it? Yes! Better. Wow. I'm going to get you guys to get your charismatic or something. The next one. Salvation is a free gift. To those who are born of God. Romans 6.23. I love you, my son. Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death. Boom, done. You have to know that. But, this is one of those nice buts. The free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. The free gift of God is what? So what is free? Eternal life. Eternal life. Another word for that is immortality. Who wants to live forever? Yes. Jesus' way. This is how you get saved or born of God. Romans 10 verse 9. 
If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you, ma- that you are made right with God and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Yes, but I'm an introvert, you know, and um, it's really hard for me to speak in front of people. I don't care. You are hurting my feelings right now. I really don't care. No, I'm not that harsh. But I hope that you realize something. It's not about how we feel. It's about having that deep realization that I am saved from death and I am now alive in Christ forever. You still don't get it. Don't worry, we'll get there. Yo. Okay, next one. This is huge. This is gonna, this is, we're going to get stuck in this for a while. Lunch is going to be late. Okay. Jesus took the curse that is on man. Sorry. Jesus took the curse that is on man upon himself. The curse that was on us because of sin, he took on himself. And he made, he made, uh, Sorry, and he made freedom from the curse available to everyone. He made freedom from the curse available to everyone. Do you believe that? Everyone can be saved. Through him, all who are saved, listen to this, this is huge. Through him, all who are saved are seed of Abraham. I'm going to show you that. Now listen to this. Last week we had this incredible moment during the service where God broke open something that I didn't even know as I was preparing, about the beautiful thing about his incorruptible seed that brought Jesus to life, who is the word, who is the incorruptible seed that comes into our lives when we say yes to Jesus, amen? And then whatever corrupt seed you had in your life is dead, and the incorruptible seed that Jesus is now alive in you. Through the incorruptible seed, we get access as Gentiles, to the covenant relationship God has with Abraham. Wow! That is huge. We should come to Jesus as a child. Oh, man. Yeah, I shouldn't say that. Okay. Let's get into Galatians 3. Galatians 3, verse 13 to 14. But Christ has rescued us from what? The curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Why was he crucified? To fulfill scripture. Everything was planned in his mission. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham. So that we who are believers, we who are believers, might receive the promised Holy Spirit through what? Faith. What is our next foundation? Faith. Galatians 3 verse 16 and 19. Now to Abram and his seed were the promises made. That seed is a capital S in the New King James. It refers to Jesus. He does not say, and to seeds as of many, But as of one, 
and to your seed. And here he says it, who is Christ? What purpose then does the law serve? It was added because of transgressions till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. And it was appointed through angels by the hand of a mediator. So why was there the law? To show us how sinful we are. Until Jesus came, the seed, to set us free from the curse of law. <laughs> Galatians 3, 26 to 29. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. If you have been baptized with Christ, you have put on Christ. How many of you are wearing the latest design, Christ Jesus? Come on. There is neither Jew, listen to this, this is, oh, this is so important. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither Afrikaner nor English nor Koza nor Zulu. Make the list. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, if you are Christ's, if you are Christ's, then, there's an if and a then, you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What happened with Abraham? What promise did God gave him? He took him out. He showed him the stars. He showed him the beach and the sand. He showed him that this is what's going to be your, your, the nations are going to come from you. He blessed the nations. For a long time, I thought he just spoke about the Jewish people. But today, I, I saw a video from the guy from One, One Israel. There are only 15 million Jews in the world right now, officially Jews. 15 million. But how many Christians through Jesus are part of the seed of Abraham? That's what God was showing him. He was showing him the billions and the billions and the billions. I want to read the, that last verse from the New Living Translation as well. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs. And God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. What does that mean? It means that we are part of a God's covenant with, that he made with Abraham. And what are we supposed to do with it? We need to pass it on. Through us, more people need to come to Christ. Amen? Next point. Salvation is something we all can get that someone else paid for. Salvation is something all of us can get that someone else paid for. It's a free gift that was bought at the ultimate price. Yes, it is freely available to all who truly repent and truly steps into salvation and dies to self. It's the ultimate free gift that costs you everything. Do you hear that? It's the ultimate free gift that costs you everything so that you can receive more. Man, I'm excited. I don't know about you, but this is huge. Ephesians 1, 7. He is so rich in kindness 
and grace that He purchased our freedom with the blood of His Son and forgave our sins. He is so rich in kindness that He did this. Ephesians 2 from verse 8 to 10. God saved you by grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. You can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. That's scripture. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done. I meet so many people that I talk to them and they go, yeah, yeah, you know what, I should go to heaven because I'm a good person. That's fine, but are you saved? Good people don't go to heaven. Believers go to heaven. Yes, but those people are doing this and they're doing that. That's great. I'm, I'm glad they're helping people, but are they saved? And, and do you actually have an urgency in you to tell them about Jesus? Or are you just going to go, yes, yes, well done. <laughs> but what if they don't know about Jesus? They're going to go to hell. They're going to build all these things and help all these people and go to hell. Do we have an urgency as the seed of Abraham to make sure there are more of us that get on the narrow road? We cannot let people believe that their good deeds will get them into heaven. We cannot let them. Amen? Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. Um, I got myself saved. <laughs> for we are God's masterpiece. You are a masterpiece of God. Yo, that's beautiful. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the things He planned for us long ago. Did you know that he planned stuff for you long ago? He planned it. What does that mean? He put effort into it. What does that mean? He loves you. Yo. The last point I want to make today is the one about the power of his blood. And this is so crucial. The power of the blood of Jesus can never be underestimated. Let's look at Ephesians 2 verse 13. But you have been united with Christ Jesus, once, before salvation, you were far away from God. But now that you have salvation, you have been brought near to Him through the blood of Christ. So the difference between you spending your immortality in heaven or hell was dealt with by the blood of Jesus. Special last verse, Hebrews 13, from verse 20. Listen to this. This is so powerful. This is something my, my brother Ade broke open in one of the Bible studies I attended. Now may, this is a last sort of message. He's saying goodbye in the letter of Hebrews. Now may the God of peace, listen to this. Who is this God of peace? Who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead. He brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. May he make you complete in every good work to do his will. Can you see the difference? Good works, trying to get salvation. Uh-uh. Good works flowing from salvation. Yes. 
working in you what is well-pleasing in His sight through Christ Jesus, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. But I want you to focus on that part. Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Jesus Christ was saved by His own blood from death. And He made it available to all of us. So that what? You can be brought up out of death. And be alive in Christ. So that you can, we saw in this verse, put on Christ. And if you've put on Christ, then you should, that should show in your life. Why did the, the first time the apostles, the disciples were called Christians, we see that in Acts. They were in some other city. And people looked at them and said, those are Christians. Little Christ, they look like they have been with Jesus. They didn't pick the name for themselves. Other people looked at them and went, oh, they must be Christians. They were with Jesus. I can see that. That was close. <laughs> Guys. Yo, I wish this could really sink into our deepest spirit man beings and flow out every day of our lives. What I'm saying to us today and what these scriptures are saying is relevant to our everyday lives, to every moment of every life. It is not just a nice scripture to read and to go, oh, that's a mooi dagstukkie, dankie vir die kos vir die dag. Nee, get that out of your head. We don't come to church to get stuff. We come to church to encounter God so that we can be changed, so that we can change the world out there. Amen? The fivefold ministry is there to equip the saints for the work of ministry. If you've given your life to Christ, you're a saint. And if you're a saint, you're a, you need to be equipped for the work of ministry. And the work of ministry is to get more people into the kingdom. Because you're the seed of Abraham. And the seed of Abraham are millions and billions. But are we doing our part, each of us? <laughs> I'm so excited right now, but I don't feel it in the room. Come on, this is huge. What we have been saved into is amazing. It's been watered down. So much. And that's, I think most of you, okay, put up your hand. You grew up in a traditional church. Put up your hand. Okay. See, that actually explains a lot. No, but listen. Who programmed us to sit still in church? Where does that come from? It's not biblical. But it's so hardwired into our beings that we do it. I'm going to go to church and sit still. Because why? When you were little, your mom probably hit you on the leg or pinched you when you moved, right? And you think tithes and offering is a, is a little coin in a bag. That's tithes and offering. So we, we, are, we, are, we grow up with these wrong impressions. And some of those things were probably put in place out of a good intention. But it's not biblical. So I want to challenge you today, all of us, we have to get rid of those cultural things that keep us back from the fullness of what God has for us. Amen. Amen. When we prayed this morning, Wade prayed something for me specifically, he said, may there be clarity of mind. And I even felt it in the worship that we should say that, and it's now also true, that we need to have a clear mind, clear in the sense of not cluttered with cultural ideas and man-made rules, but focused on Jesus. I want to challenge you and, and encourage you and invite you 
to go and read these scriptures over and over and over again. Let it wash over who you are. Ignore the news for a few days and read the good news over and over and over again. Go and declare and decree that I am a child of God. Because I am a child of God, I am immortal. Go and say that to people. It'll freak them out completely. (laughs) Who are you? I'm immortal. (laughs) What? What do you mean? Well, now I have an opportunity to share the good news with you. You can be immortal too. For the price of two. Yeah, I'm kidding. <laughs> this is so life changing. Literally. I want to I invite you to not allow yourself to also water down the power of this truth. Don't let it be watered down. Don't. It's your choice. Let me ask you this. You sitting here, I'm asking, are you excited about your salvation? You go, wow, that's a powerful scripture. That's really changed my life. Okay, now you take that energy. You meet someone that doesn't know Christ. Okay? And they're asking you about eternity. They're asking about where do you go after death. They're asking you about Jesus. They're asking you about God. How are you going to approach that conversation? Yeah, you know, I'm a Christian. I'm really excited about it. And um, you, you can have it too, you know. Because if you don't have him, you're going to go to hell. If you do have him, you're going to go to heaven. Do you want in? And I know, I know, some of us are, yes, extroverts. Some of us are, yes, introverts. I know that. But you're not just that. If you are saved, born again, raised, you are a new creation. Amen? Yes, but God made me this way. Has he? Are you sure? Maybe you're just dragging along a part of your dead person from your old life that hasn't died yet. Because how will people hear the word of God if you don't speak up? That's not part of my personality. Let that part of you die then. With Christ. And be raised with Christ. Because you are a new creation. It's not you 2.0. It's a new creation. Completely new. Right? See, it's easy to read these things and to say, Amen, it's hard to apply it to your life. Because the road is narrow and few find it. Are you one of the few? Now that I've explained it that way, you're not so sure, right? I don't know. I'm going to have to like talk to people. Uh... There's a famous saying from St. Francis of Assisi that normally gets quoted wrongly. Go out into the world and preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. That's not scripture. It's just some guy in the, in the church history that said it and it sounds so nice. And yes, there are moments where we just live by example and the, 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 you know, God will make an opening. Absolutely. But when that opening comes, what are you going to say? You can't just say, look at my life. Have fun in heaven. Sorry. We, we can't do that. We have to be, the, 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 the word says that we have to be ready to explain the hope that we have in Jesus. 
And I'm realizing just now that we actually need to, after the foundation course, we have to maybe do some training in how to evangelize in a real relationship kind of way, not street corners shouting at people kind of way. Just how do we do this when the opportunity comes up? But you know where it starts? It starts with you knowing how great it is that you're saved. And that's where I'm trying to get you today. And I don't think some of you are getting it yet. I don't. Because if you would have, you would get your face would know it. And you would be going. And I'm not seeing it yet. Come on, people. God can change this whole Helderberg area. But he's looking for righteous people who know him to say, Lord, here I am, send me. Amen. I cannot do it on my own. My family, we can't do it on our own. We have been called to do what we do, and we want to do it as good and as well as possible. And we are going as God leads us, and we are ready to share when we can share. But I want to see a church of people empowered to do the same thing, because that's discipleship. Jesus spent time with 12 guys and changed the world. 12. When the crowds came, he actually, you know, said stuff that made them go away. (laughs) Because the way is narrow and few find it. But when the opportunity comes for a real conversation about someone who really wants to know Jesus, we have to be ready. And you can only be ready when you know that you know you are saved. And that you know that you know you are saved from hell, for heaven. And that you are thriving, not just surviving. Because Jesus lives inside of you. And people need to see that in your life. Amen? Amen? Let us stand and pray. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I I just feel I have a short prayer. Please help us to get it. Please help us to really get what these scriptures mean. Let it fall strongly on the inside of our spirit man. And let us know that we know who we are in you. That you want us to live forever with you. In this world, we can live with you. And when we close our eyes in this world and open it up in heaven, we will live eternity with you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, that that is possible. Thank you, Lord. It's easy to look at the fact that someone else decided that this would happen in terms of Adam sinning and now the world is in this mess. But Lord, I even come against that line of thinking and that line of the lies that we want to believe from that. And we want to come to you and say, Lord, we know that if we were in Adam's shoes, we probably would have done the same thing. The same way my little girl does exactly what I tell her not to do. That's just in our human nature. But you want to see a heart that chooses to follow you. You want to see a heart that chooses to love you. And therefore do the things you ask from love. Lord, I pray that you will tear down every religious and cultural stronghold that is holding any of us back from realizing the fullness of who you are and what you have done and what salvation means. Thank you, Jesus, for removing those things right now. Thank you that we can know that when we gather We are the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones for Jesus. 
That is who we are. And we want to walk in the fullness of that, Jesus. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. I pray for revelation upon revelation in our hearts and minds so that we can live from that place. I thank you for each man in this house and each man online that is listening. And I speak to those men right now. And in the name of Jesus, I ask the real men of God to rise up, to stand up, to really lay your life on the line for Jesus. To say today, no more one foot in the world, one foot in the, in the kingdom. I am fully sold out for Jesus. I will be a man of God. I will love my wife well. I will love my children well because that's who I am. I am saved. Therefore, I'm a new creation. I have put on Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray for every marriage in this room, every marriage online, every marriage that may be listening to this later. Thank you that you touch them right now, Lord, and that you bring your peace, your rest, and your clarity to every situation that they may be facing. Lord, where there's strife, where there's trouble, where there's whatever the, the challenge might be, I pray that you will come into that place and that your love and your peace will come like a wave and just blow through that thing. And that eyes will open up to the truth, that hearts will humble themselves to you and to each other. And that breakthrough will come because you are the God of the breakthrough. Help us to humble ourselves before you and before each other and in this church to each other because that's what you say in Ephesians 5. Submit yourselves to one another. Help us to do that, Lord. Help us to do that. Lord, I pray that we will not just walk out of here thinking we went to a nice little church service, but that we will walk out of here knowing who we are in Christ and that we will live our lives, do our work, have relationships with people, drink coffee with this conviction that we are saved and we live forever. And the more people I can take with me, the better. Thank you, Jesus, that you help us with that. Thank you, Jesus. We pray it in your powerful name, the name above all names. Yeshua, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Let's give God a big shout of praise. Amen. He is good. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Key Church podcast, Message of the Week. I trust that you had a life-changing encounter with God that will help you to align with His purposes so that you can be one step closer to reigning in life. And may you be inspired to share this with others. Have a great week and remember to listen again next week or you can catch us live online or come visit us in person. May God bless you and keep you. Make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you and your loved ones. God bless you. Bye-bye.